Hey all, and welcome to Humans of InfoSec Emerging Voices. My name is Vanessa Sauter. I'm a senior security strategy analyst and pen tester at Cobalt.io. Today, I'm excited to welcome Karan Pavidi to the show. Karan is a security engineer at Google, where he specializes in detection and response. But he's garnered a lot of accolades for his work coaching and mentoring professionals who are trying to enter the industry. And he's known for demystifying the interview process for security engineers. For our latest episode, Karan opens up about his journey from student to mentor and explains how you need to think about security engineering to get a role. Karan, I am so excited to welcome you to the show today. Why don't you open up by telling us a little bit about yourself? Where are you from? You know, where are you based right now? And what are your passions and your interests? Sure. Uh, thanks, Vanessa, for having me here. It's amazing. I'm currently a security engineer at Google, and I'm based out of the San Francisco Bay Area, aka Silicon Valley. I'm originally from India, but I've been here in the U.S. for about six plus years now, so I consider it my home. Yeah, that's a little bit about me. Based on passions and interests, um, I love information security, so that's why I'm here. Um <laughs> I specialize in uh, detection and forensics and incident response. So those are my key areas in which I I specialize in. And that can be turned under as a blue team uh, overall. So Great. Why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, your current role right now in information security? Tell us a little bit about what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I can't go into like a lot of details, obviously, because of you know, sensitivity, but I can give a very high level um, overview of, of how my week looks. So my time is as a security engineer is spent, um, is divided into operations and, and project time. So I spend equal amount of time on that, on each of those. Uh, the project time, uh, we spend a lot of time planning and actually writing detection for threats uh, we want to detect. So that's that comprises of the whole project time space. The remaining time in operations is spent in actually conducting the investigations that uh, we have at hand, which stem out of our detections that we write. Mm-hmm. So the good part with this, with this approach, I feel personally, is we get to test whatever we write on our own. So it's like an ongoing improvement-based cycle. Apart from that, I actually do spend a lot of time mentoring new hires and providing training. I absolutely love that that area of InfoSec and watching others grow. So yeah, that's uh, how my week goes at Google. That's great. I, I love that. And I know you can't talk too much about, you know, about your day-to-day, but it does sound really fascinating and challenging. And it's great to hear that you're feeling fulfilled by the work that you're doing. I would love to learn more about your background. Can you tell us, you know, how did you end up in InfoSec? Yeah, there's a story behind it, if uh, (laughs) you don't mind me sharing. So this goes way back when you say end up in InfoSec, but I'll share it. I was uh, actually a teenager browsing, uh, at the time, a really popular social media website. And one fine evening, I actually got, Potentially, I would classify that as a as a threatening message uh, that says, "Hey, I'm going to take over your online identity." And after receiving that, I, I got pretty much freaked out as, as a teenager who gets this. 
But at the same time, it really begged the question of like how I didn't have too much control and I didn't know enough. Mm -hmm. So how do I go about defending myself? And, and that's when I actually started exploring. And so I spent a lot of time after that just figuring out like how the whole security domain works. And this was a new field that I was unaware of that existed. And so I spent a lot of time figuring out like what it involves and what are the different domains. And then something kicked in me that said, hey, this is really interesting. And it has a lot of components to it. So I decided that, hey, I'm not going to let this happen again to me. And I'll be better prepared and knowledge-wise and skill-wise. So at that point, I just decided to to get on this field and embark on this journey. And the way I started was actually pursuing a computer science degree. Mm. I felt that was laying the foundations for everything. So I started pursuing a bachelor's in CS. When I almost uh, was towards the completion, I landed up uh, an internship at Honeywell, mm. uh, which was in their security line of business. That gave me a platform to perform and also kind of know the industry and how things work. So I was doing a lot of uh, physical security work there, as in writing software, uh, backend software for video cameras and NFC-controlled access management systems and so on. So I spent about six months in the internship and one year full-time working there. And at that point, I realized that, you know, everything was great, but I felt I needed to learn more there's more things to do. So that led me to explore a master's program in the US. And I was working back in India, so all of this is back home. But at that point, I decided to pursue my master's in InfoSec from Carnegie Mellon. Mm. And so in 2014, I decided to come here and just take on that course and know more about not only the different domains, but also figure out how they are used in the real world. I think after my first year, I did uh, land up an internship at Yahoo in their forensics and incident response team. So that gave me a broad exposure because it was the first thing, first job I did at Silicon Valley, but also working at scale. I think that's pretty key to understand how things work, right? It's a very different beast and we can talk about it later. But I, I went back, I actually loved it. I went back full time right after I completed my degree. So this was 2016, and then I spent a good amount of time there, about about two-ish years before I moved to Google in 2018, where I work now. It's a great journey. You know, I, I love listening to people explain the why, why they got into InfoSec. And so many times it's it starts when they're young. It's great to hear from you, you know, just talking about your own curiosity as a teenager and wanting to investigate and understand what the threats were and why they were happening. I think being able to ask the question why is such a critical skill and such an important one. We actually, I actually interviewed another graduate of Carnegie Mellon's master's program for Humans of InfoSec Preeti a while back. And I know it was a fantastic program for her. So it's great to hear, you know, that you had a positive experience as well. Yeah, absolutely. What did you expect when you first entered the industry? That's a good question. So the short answer is I expected it to be generally challenging. Mm. Um, and it has more to do with how the field 
is intermixed with all the other fields, right? Uh, but I was fortunate enough to have a lot of support from the teams I was working in, uh, especially when I started off. So that made my transition easier into the industry. But overall, I, I did expect that to be challenging. Can we touch on that a little bit more? I would love to hear about the support that you know you got from your teams. What was that like for you? What was what was helpful for you, you know, in the beginning of your journey? What what kind of support were you able to find and how did that help you? Sure. So I think it comes in various ways. First is making sure that your team members understand your background and like your the areas that you really love to focus on mm-hmm. and giving you the opportunity to pursue that. I think that that held true for me and that was really um propelled me forward into pursuing what I wanted to do. And the second aspect of that is also management support, right? So making sure that people who are managing you also understand uh, the same aspect and uh, encourage you to do and pursue what you want. There's also another component I should add that has to do with giving people the right feedback at the right time. Mm-hmm. I think that has been very helpful for me overall, not just at the start of the career, but you know throughout. And so I've benefited from from all of these aspects. So that's what I meant by support and has been very, very useful for me to to grow as a person as well. That's great. i'm I'm so happy to hear that. I think you know support is is one of the most important things that we need, you know, as we're starting out at Infosec. It's great that you were able to find that in your journey. What has surprised you? The most about the field? So I think just based on um, my understanding, like I did expect it to be challenging, but the more time I spent in the industry, um, it became very clear to me with time, obviously, that it was a really vast and complex field. Mm-hmm. We are not just dealing with the security aspect of it. There's also fields like IT and legal and policy with which it interacts. And being able to fully understand the picture was a never, never ending learning experience. Mm. So I think that just continues to surprise me pretty much every day as I continue to learn more and explore more and talk to more teams Mm -hmm. that I interact with and kind of understand how my work affects them and and vice versa. Uh, It's really fascinating. Um, And I get constant reaffirmations of this pretty much every day. Definitely agree with that. So talking more frankly about, you know, some of the challenges that we face in InfoSec, tell me about them. You know, what are some of the challenges that you faced when you were entering the industry and what are some of the challenges that you face now? Yeah, I think that's uh, that's a good question. And I can touch upon both of those aspects. The first part you asked about challenges I faced when I entered the industry I think a lot of that has to do with the student version of me trying to break into the industry. And and at that point in time, when you're transitioning, it's a lot of it's a lot of challenge that you have to overcome. So for example, like when I was pursuing my undergraduate degree and I was trying to get my first internship, and I really wanted to get into a security specific role. It took me uh, some amount of effort and trying to stand out from others by pursuing certifications or taking extra courses and doing your projects to really stand out and say, hey, like, 
I'm a good candidate for this role and I would really like to pursue this. And frankly, like for students listening to the podcast or people trying to enter the industry, your first role may not be the one that you would really want, right? And I, and I say this just being very frank because you need to have a breakthrough first. You need to enter the field. You, you then learn about it and then you move on to something that you really like to do, right? Uh, if it works out the first time, that's awesome. But if, just in case it doesn't, right, keep going. I think that's one of the things I learned is to just to keep, you know, keep interest in the field, keep growing and learning from that and use your background and skills to, uh, to get the role you want. I think that was one of my biggest challenges when I started you know, figuring out what I wanted to do, uh, especially transitioning from that student to industry role. As to your question about current challenges, I think mostly it has to do with, with the scale and that comes with the companies I've worked with so far So and also interviewed. So Yahoo, Google, I also interviewed at Facebook. So I've been basically have touched upon these large scale industry and companies. And the key component there is how they operate at, at scale. Right. And what I mean by that is having large infrastructures and several teams that work together. And so when when you have such an environment, you need to think about how things work and how to work together. Right. And the way you solve problems at scale is very different than how you solve problems at a smaller scale. Right. And I think that's a that's a shift in mindset and a shift in thinking. A very small example, right, if I have to talk about is how you effectively reduce false positives when you're writing detections. And so when you're working at scale, you've got to make sure that whatever logic you write is the most optimal and does not flood your team with a lot of wins. So there's a lot of thinking and design you got to do before you actually learn something. Just being more um, cautious about, about what you release and how it's going to affect people, especially when you're dealing at scale. I think that has been personally an ongoing challenge uh, that I see, uh, not just in you know specific companies I've been, but overall, as I see companies scaling up, that becomes more and more prominent. It's it's so fascinating the way that you talk about this, and I would love to to touch on this a little bit more, specifically around your recommendations for younger professionals in infosec who maybe have some experience have worked on some projects, have done some sort of work at a smaller company in security. What are your recommendations for them on changing their mindset like you're talking about and preparing themselves for new opportunities that do require thinking about scale? What, what are your recommendations for them? For a lot of, I think, our listeners who, who would love to work for a company that that has to solve problems at scale and 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 not only helping them to get in but also to succeed and thrive with that mindset yeah that's a great question so i think without going too much specifics on on the security side of things i think talking about the mindset um and personally the way i think about problems is and i've i've learned this just throughout my career is if you have a problem and you want to address challenges that come with scale, think about if your inputs were to become 10x, 100x, even a million x, how would you change your approach? 
will your logic still stand? How fast will things run? Or how slow will things go, right? So if just that question, just asking yourself that has led me to reevaluate sometimes, you know, my entire solution to a problem. And, you know, this has nothing to do with actually security. This is just about a shift in, in how you think about problems together. Mm-hmm. So I think just going with that and, and then if your solution still holds, then, then you got it. But if you see it breaking, if you see problems that come up, then probably you need to readdress it or, you know, realign yourself uh, with it to make sure that it does work when inputs exceed your expectations. It's great to hear that perspective about reconfiguring or, or changing your mindset, right? It's, it's something I think is not talked about enough and I'm certain is a challenge for a lot of people, including yourself when you were you know, pivoting into um, a new role. What do you think could be changed in the field? I think there's, there's several parts of it. All of these are my, obviously my personal opinions, but I strongly believe we could do with less buzzwords in the industry. And this is me speaking after attending our conferences and talks and, and looking at job descriptions and interviewing myself and others. Like, I strongly feel we could do with less buzzwords mm. and really replacing them by underlying concepts. I think talking in more, more in terms of the actual concept that we talk about, systems and networks and so on, really helps to put people on the same page uh, rather than, you know, throwing out a fancy buzzword, which, you know, sometimes people think, wow, that's actually pretty cool, but you never know the the actual implementation and all the technology behind it. And this also may, compounds the problem for going back to the one of the previous questions you asked me about breaking into the field and challenges there is when somebody is trying to enter the industry, they might get confused by a lot of buzzwords they might better understand the basics, um, to be honest. So the way this pans out, and I've seen it, is making sure we, as an industry, we write better job descriptions, Mm -hmm. making clear the minimum requirements and making sure we write the recommended requirements. I think that goes a long way to provide clarity to candidates, especially those who are new to the field. So overall, I think uh, this lines up really well if, if we could just stick to stick to the online basics. I think that would make everybody's lives really easy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, I totally agree with you on that. When we flood the industry with these buzzwords, it, it does end up, uh, I think people will are more likely to misconstrue the meanings of those words and not fully understand the implications behind them. And and what you're talking about with, with JDs is, is so spot on. It's really confusing for people who are you know, either trying to break in or, or make a career pivot just to look at a JD or, you know, look at a job description and say, what does this company actually need? What do they need in someone for this role versus what do they want? What are the minimum requirements versus the ideal person? And a lot of times it's just not possible for, for one person to meet every single point. In fact, most of the time it's impossible for one candidate to meet you know, every single bullet point of a job description. And so definitely something we need to work on as a whole. So, you know, on that note, what advice do you have for people who are trying to enter the industry? Cool. This is one of my favorite questions. Uh, <laughs> and I talk about this uh, in, in some of the talks I give. Uh, but just to, I think, summarize 
um, I really encourage people to think about uh, the three main pillars, which is knowledge, skills, and experience. So if you're trying to break into the field or just even trying to pivot into a new area, even for me, right, I, I strongly feel that if I can work on those three, I can make it. And for example, I mean, just looking back at my career path, when I realized that I just didn't know enough, I started pursuing knowledge first and making sure I understand what's out there and different domains. And then I started acquiring more skills to actually learn things, how they are, and getting experience with the tools and understanding how they work was very important. And that led me to set up myself for actually interviews and finally land an internship, which led to a full-time role, thus mm-hmm. getting the experience part out of it. So for people who are just trying to enter or you know pivot, uh, just you know narrowing down to these three, the very core, I think is super critical. There are more aspects to it. I mean, this is the core, but I feel like if you look at the open source today, uh, making sure we don't discount open source and figuring out how you can individually contribute, uh, even in your free time. Um, people can learn a lot just by looking at the products out there. Um, and I talk about a lot in forensics and in response, but not just that. Like I think almost in every aspect of security, just checking out open source and what's out there can be really eye-opening. Mm-hmm. Um, the next thing I do advise people personally is to always at least experience how capture the flag competitions work and and participate. This was um, really helpful for me when I was doing my grad school. Mm-hmm. And you know, before that, I never really got a chance to participate. But you know, at Carnegie Mellon, I, I got that experience where I could form a team. Uh, since I specialize in blue team stuff, I could you know partner with people who have different skills. And then as a team, we can work together to actually do much better in, in a competition. Mm-hmm. So I really advise people to try that out individually and in a team environment. One good resource is ctftime.org. I think if you check that out, folks check that out. I think uh, the CTF's almost year round. And now that everything is running online, there's really no excuse to not checking that out and, and making sure you can try it. The next thing I, I do focus and really talk about is and stress about is how underrated networking is, mm. right? And we, as in a security professional, this is a, the, when you say, hey, it's a really small word, it really applies to this field. And so, and, and, and I mean that quite literally, uh, you can bump into people and, you know, you'll find connections really quickly. So... And when I give out these talks, I, I, I tell students and people trying to break in is uh, into the field is make sure you find and connect with mentors, uh, connect with your peers, right? Your people who you attend school with, people who you know you work with. Just make sure you know them, you connect with them, learn about what they like. Not only share what you like and like to do, but learn about their interests, right? I think we do well together as a team. When, when we work together rather than, you know, just individually. So take the time to connect even with industry veterans. I think today with the platforms like LinkedIn, this has become very easy. And so uh, just like how I found your profile on LinkedIn right after I, I connected with you, I think that's been uh, been very been very useful tool overall. And one of the last things I would do like to mention is, is personal branding. And this is one of my favorites and 
I tell people by this something I call as a, as a pizza analogy is, you know, if I'm hungry and I want to order pizza, and I I go online and search for you know pizza near me or pizza restaurants near me, if I don't know the place or you know something that doesn't show up, it's not very likely for me to order from there. Mm. So the same thing applies when to to people as as a professional right so i stress upon this a lot is upon this fact is making sure that you are publicly visible your mm-hmm. skills and your experiences and what you like to do making sure that you show up the way you want mm-hmm. right especially online uh, that gets people the right thing about yourself in the first shot right and this is a great takeaway for listeners in this podcast and they can do this to take 5 minutes right after they're done listening is you know pick up your favorite search engine any anything you want and just search for yourself right and and see how you show up uh, see what links show up um is that what you want to show up right is it conveying the right set of skills you have right are you getting your personal branding the way you want mm-hmm. so uh, learning about search engine optimization goes a long way here and this is again this is something that's not security right but as i said earlier it's tying we're tying up a lot of fields together here so just following this advice and and i've got this feedback from students is like yeah this has worked well for them they were able to create their own websites to create a portfolio and it got indexed and you know now they have a better visible profiles out there so i highly encourage folks to try this and and give feedback on how it works those are such great recommendations you know all of it i think is is fantastic going back to what you said in the beginning right the tria the pillars knowledge skills and experience um are, are so important and i think are really useful capstones for people when they're they're looking for you know an opportunity or they're in a job and they're trying to evaluate whether it's the right fit for them is you know are they gaining knowledge are they gaining skills are they gaining experience and and for me i think you know what i'm hearing from you is there's also a fourth pillar to that which is are you networking are you able to meet people are you able to expand your community and participate in new ways and so i love that i think that the way that you have described that is is fantastic and so true you know even from ctfs to open source as well there are so many ways to be able to participate and i i think you know the thing that we we hear so often in infosac is that it's really all about opening up um it, you know it's about gaining mm-hmm. experiences and also looking for new opportunities to participate and belong in the community and i i i can say that the community is often eager to give back i would love to just touch a little bit more on your own contributions to the infosac community um, i know that you are really active in a lot of ways and and have been a fantastic mentor to a lot of people why don't you um you know tell us a little bit more about that tell us more about your your own contributions and your own participation you know in the various communities infosec communities that you're part of absolutely so i do this in in different ways and mostly in my free time but i started uh, really ramping up on this uh since 2019 uh one fine day i just had this idea of like hey how can i add value to the community and people's lives in general So I went on LinkedIn and said, "Hey, like I'm I'm happy to dedicate 30 minutes every week and I can try to help people in any way I can, 
right? Whether that's reviewing your resume, giving advice on how to improve that, or just answering like quick questions about your career and your path, uh, just offering myself up. I frankly was humbled by the amount of responses I got in, in 24 hours. Um, in a week, I had about a uh, thousand followers on LinkedIn, which wow. was really shocking for me. <laughs> and I was flooded with messages. Uh, frankly, it took me all week to respond instead of 30 minutes per week. But it just showed me that, hey, like, you know, I can add value and I can provide something to people that they can benefit from. And second, there was a gap. I saw this as an opportunity because this was a gap where people just didn't know about, hey, what works in in the industry, what they need to do, what they need to get done right, and how they should present themselves, especially in security. It's so, even though like we are really mature in terms of, you know, the, the technologies out there and how we do things, but even then I saw this as a gap. And so, um, at one point, the questions and answers became repetitive, and I was doing this like one-on-one DMs with people, um, and some people advised like, hey, like, why don't you start writing? Why don't you start up a blog? Mm. And so this year, and also like taking advice from other people and feedback, I think this idea made a lot of sense. So mm. what I did is I, I, I had a domain name already with me, which is uh, all things pond dot com upon dot com however you pronounce it um, <laughs> and it was mostly me uh, writing my thoughts on how things are you know insecure right mm-hmm. and and giving my thoughts up so I repurposed that blog and focused it towards security engineering interviews mm-hmm. and started really writing about how we can address that so I spent a lot of time just answering. And, and giving people the framework on how to approach open-ended questions. Mm. But how do you go about solving them? And I gave a framework to think about it. So again, it goes back to the shift in thinking. You have it in you. You just have to structure your thoughts and know what to expect and then kind of go about it. So I started doing that uh, with my blog. And I think this recently almost completed a series on at least question types that show up and mostly um, mostly the industry. Uh, these days, uh, I'm more writing towards soft skills. And, mm-hmm. and I recently published a post on communication last week. So I think overall, it's been doing pretty well. And I could actually direct my audience uh, from LinkedIn and say, hey, what do you guys think about this? That got a lot of attention. And I, I personally felt really happy just by adding value to people's lives. No, I think, um, I think that is, that's fantastic. Yeah, um, I also actually, uh, just to finish up the, the thoughts on the community, I also got an opportunity to do a lot of university presentations. Mm-hmm. So just targeting uh, specific folks and trying to help them out, I think it was very fulfilling for me personally. So uh, this year, I got a chance to speak at, till now I've spoken at three different uh, un- universities in the US mm-hmm. with the goal of educating folks on the trio and the pillars I talked about right? The knowledge, skills, and experience. And also telling them, hey, uh, these are the decisions I made. This is how I made them. And this is where I felt I could have done better. So, you know, I'm no perfect. And I just want to emphasize the point to people that, hey, it's okay to face the challenges, to not succeed at the first time. But the important thing is to keep trying. So I, I do focus my talks on, hey, this is how I did things. This is how 
you know, this worked well, this did not work well. So when you go into the industry tomorrow, uh, you'll be armed with that knowledge and my experience so you can do better. So I just finished a talk uh, recently at University of Southern California. So that's been uh, working out really well, just a focused audience. And the last thing I do is, you know, interviews like this, which is, which are great uh, thanks to people like you who have a show and like are really dedicating time and energy into this. I think I really appreciate that. So doing not only just interviews like this, but also recording out videos, like that's something I've been thinking about and I, we should expect uh, some of them to show up soon. So just trying to, you know, get my foot out there uh, in different ways has been has been really helpful, not just to me uh, personally, but I hope that's been helpful to other people I've interacted with. You know, it's all just wonderful what you're talking about. And I'm so excited to continue to see you open up and provide more feedback through blog posts and videos and, and other engagements. And we will be sure to link to your website and some of these blogs and be able to review this. I know specifically you know, your work on um, security engineering has been really useful for people. And I'm, I'm sure many of our listeners would be excited to, to take more of a look at what you've been helping with in your spare time. And thank you for doing that. Thank you for your contribution to, to the industry and helping people, you know, in what is oftentimes a really confusing and challenging time in their lives. No, thank you. Uh, I think I've been always uh, getting back to people and thanking them for just listening to me and providing feedback. I think I'm trying to do better as a speaker and also, you know, blogging wise. And I think that's a, that's an experience of its own. So yeah, I've, I'm always thankful for people to, to like spend time with me and I, I get to learn a lot from others. So it's, it's been really both ways. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know we are close to running out of time. And so I wanted to ask you, one final question that I've been thinking a lot about and asking people in my life, um, and I would love to ask you, which is what have been your methods for, for self-care in 2020? I think, I think this has been a challenging year for all of us. And, and what, where are you finding joy and where are you finding pleasure right now outside of InfoSec? Yeah, I think that's a great question, Vanessa. And personally, it has been a challenge, uh, I will admit. But I think there's a couple of things I do uh, just for self-care. Uh, just spending time on, spending time to de-stress uh, right after work is, is fairly important. I personally enjoy reading a lot. So mm. I find a lot of peace and, and harmony when I read things about things like human psychology or personal finance and all of these different fields, mm -hmm. which are like, I would say tangential, but sometimes they can be related in different ways to security. So you never know what you might learn. So I spend a lot, lot of time reading. <laughs> the second thing which, which I find is, is funny is I spend a lot of time watching like travel loggers, uh, bloggers and shooting those videos. <laughs> uh, and that has been a recent favorite of mine because you know, I'm not able to travel right, personally or even for business. And um, folks who do this for a living, and I applaud them that they are still, some of the folks are still doing that and they're posting videos on YouTube and other websites. And so it's really satisfying to see somebody like travel and get out there <laughs> when, when you cannot. So I think these two things have kept me, kept me going so far. Yeah. Uh, you know, just to wrap up, what's, um, what's been one of your favorite books that you've read this year? 
that you would recommend to maybe people who are listening right now? Yeah, sure. Uh, I think I would highly recommend uh, Thinking Fast and Slow. Mm. Uh, it's a book mostly on, um, it's a mix of like human psychology and how the brain works and how you make decisions and how everything works together. So it talks about two systems that you have in your brain, one, one thing's really fast and the other thing's slowly. And then it talks about how they work together and how one influences the other and so on. Uh, I personally would highly recommend folks to, to give it a read. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, well, Karan, I, I know we, we both have to wrap up now and I just wanted to say thank you so much for coming on the show today. You know, you really brought such wisdom um, and such great advice. And I'm so grateful that you were able to give us this time today to open up a little bit about your journey. And I cannot wait to see, you know, what you do next and, you know, what, what great contributions you make to our community and in your own work. And thank you. Thank you for coming on today. Yeah, it was my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Vanessa. I really appreciate it. Humans of InfoSec is brought to you by Cobalt.io, a pen testing as a service company. Like what you hear? Subscribe, share, or leave a review wherever you enjoy podcasts. And don't forget to say hello. You can find us on Twitter at Humans of InfoSec. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.